Hey, Peter Howard here on the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Don't let them know. Keep it quiet. But I've infiltrated the nerd base. Come check out the show. I'll tell you how to beat them. Thanks. Yeah. Chicken, chicken or crow, crow. Chicken or crow. Crossing hey, Peter Howard here from the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Do you find yourself thinking about nerds? Do you want to beat nerds all the time? Do you sometimes? I know. Whatever Dynasty Outhouse would say. Listen to the Dynasty Crossroads. I hope you beat the nerds. Let's go. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the... DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family, a podcast. It's me, it's me, it's that old SFD roaming the streets of Superflex City, and this is the Superflex Super Show. That's right. Back live on a Superflex Super Friday night for an Ask Me Anything episode, mailbag episode. We've been, uh, this is this is episode number four. We've uh, the previous three. We had a lot of fun. We've got a lot of great questions. We've talked about a lot of superflex topics, player values, ADP trades, uh, strategy. I love talking strategy. That's that's my jam. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I I actually did a uh, a podcast episode last night with my good friend Paul Bacara. Um, and uh, he asked me, do you consider yourself more analytics? Do you consider yourself more film? And I said, you know what? I'll be honest. I don't get it with either of them. <laughs> like, I, it's it, not that I don't get the appeal. I just can't make it work for me. You know, uh, I, I, I don't see what other people see uh, using that, uh, using those methods for me. I I thrive on narratives. I can use analytics. I I can I can use film. Like I know what I'm, you know. I I I can see what kind of what I'm looking for. Just getting it to translate uh, is not always the easiest thing. So for me, you know, narratives uh, that you know that that's uh, a big part of my analysis. And more than anything, it, more than anything, it's just strategy. Uh, very strategic. Now I can, I can talk analytics with you. I can talk film with you, whatever you want to talk about. I mean, this is, this is for all of us. This is our night to talk super flex, get all super flexy. And, uh, so whatever you want to talk about, we'll, we'll do it. I'll do my best. If you, if you ask me about analytics, I'm going to do my best, uh, to sound like I'm not a complete idiot. But honestly, if you if you want data driven analysis, go talk to my man Peter Howard. If you want some film broken down, man, th- there's kind of a bunch of them. I don't know who's who's your go to for uh, for film analysis. Um, there's I, I've got kind of a lot of them that I trust quite a bit. Jake Anderson and and Zach Reed are probably the two who. Uh, have always been kind of my go-tos, but yeah, there's, there's plenty of them, uh, around the community and here at, at DLF in particular. So, uh, but anything strategy, man, I'm right there. I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll insert myself into a conversation like none other when it comes to super flex strategy. So 
anyways, yeah, let's uh, one other one other house cleaning uh, thing here. I'm going to do my absolute best. And maybe we need to make a drinking game out of this. I'm going to try my best not to say, you know, or you know what I mean? Like that's that I, I got a comment last week about how I say that too much. So, I mean, it's harder than it looks, <laughs> um, you know, take my word for that, but drink. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, yeah, it can, it could be a long night. Um, but it, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try my best to, to try and filter those out and, uh, make that a, a stated goal of mine in this episode and, uh, you know, do it enough times. We create a new habit and, <laughs> and away we go. So yeah, let's talk Superflex. What do we got going on? What, what, what's the, what's the big news? Josh Allen gets a contract extension. Um, Justin Jefferson got hurt. Uh, looks like it wasn't quite as bad as, as we expected. Uh, man, I, I, today, uh, I kind of, I kind of pointed out that to me, uh, Justin Sullivan, what's up, my man? Um, yeah, open 24 hours. <laughs> hey now, uh, you know, I, I, I had kind of, t- I had tweeted out and we can talk about this too. I did a rankings update first one since June. So they were kind of on my ass about that, uh, which is fair. Um, we need to keep those a little bit more, uh, up to date, but, uh, in, in, to me, you're going to get a lot more rankings updates now that we've got actual, you know, <sighs> drink, um, now that we've got actual, you know, movement on the field. Damn it, I did it again. I can't I can't say this sentence without it. Now that we've got actual action on the field, um, you're gonna start to see a lot more rankings updates. It's so hard in the offseason to be making adjustments to player rankings when nothing is actually happening. You know, it, that this is gonna be way harder than I thought it would be. Anyways, we're at, yeah, we're it's at five. Do you want me to keep a counter at the bottom? <laughs> Please don't. It's going to be really depressing. But yeah, a, a lot more rankings updates coming now that we've got actual football. As of last night, by the way, we've got football from now until February. Every single week from now until February. That is a good, good thing. Let's get to some questions. Justin's got one and uh, Guillermo's got one. Uh, Justin Sullivan with the glorious news of Josh Allen's extension, how do you incorporate contracts into your rankings and values? And I, I, I don't know. It, it's, I, I, so I haven't told, I haven't seen a structure of this thing yet. Um, I do think that you have to take it into consideration a little bit, but I mean, typically these big contract extensions, especially with the, you know, the type of years, is that six? I think that's six. Uh, with the years that he got, you know, I think that you do have to consider that a little bit. I think that you have to look at these younger players and, and say, you know, the, say they're really kind of committing to these guys long-term. You can kind of plan on 
So we always talk about you play in a three-year window, right, in Dynasty. And I, 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 I do the same thing, but what I will say is when I'm looking at quarterbacks in particular, it's, it's not about am I, you know, what's – it's not about having that guy for, you know, six years, 12 years, whatever it is. 10 years, I guess, 12 years left for Pat Mahomes, something like that. It's, it's, it's not about the fact that I'm planning on rostering that player. It's not that I'm planning on rostering Josh Allen for the entire six years of that contract. I'm still operating in that three-year window. But I do think that we should consider the fact that we are going to have that player beyond that three-year window you you know what like what happens when that three-year window is up you know we kind of start on an on the next three-year window i suppose and the fact that josh allen is still going to have the exact same value three years from now that he has right this moment i think is is important i mean it's important for uh for our values and it's important to you know, to, to kind of, to consider that when you're doing a startup, consider that when you're making a trade, consider the fact that you get to start that next three-year window with the same type of value at the quarterback position that you had, you know, three years prior, essentially. This, you know, thing is almost out the window completely already. Uh, Guillermo, <laughs> Guillermo, we've gone international, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hello from honduras that is so awesome um i started listening to the show international my man is that right i first started listening to the show when i lived in dubai that's the voice of uh captain redbeard and uh i had no idea yeah man that, that you were from the, the middle east I, the, it, I'm, it, I'm from south carolina i worked in dubai <laughs> for those two years Oh, I did okay. a lot of podcast okay. listening over there. I was like, you do not look like, uh, <laughs> you, and you don't talk like you're from Dubai either. So, uh, but no, that's, that is freaking awesome. Yeah. We're, uh, we're traveling the globe and getting all super flexy, uh, from one corner of this, this spinning rock to the next. I like it. All right. Uh, Nick to me too. I wonder if I said that right. It's it's uh, that's one of those plays on words, man. Just like uh, like Captain Redbeard with his big Tabowski. Um, startup Superflex Dynasty. I have Trevor Lawrence, Alvin Kamara, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Debating on Darren Waller, DeAndre Hopkins, Javante Williams, or Terry McLaurin. Um. No quarterbacks left. <laughs> That's always going to be my first question. Like, what what quarterbacks can we still get? Uh, can we uh, can we can we build up that quarterback depth a little bit? But if those are the guys that you're really kind of, of of set on, which is totally fine, we always say go all in on your best ideas, go all in on your on your best strategies, go all in on what you know and what you want to do. So if these are the guys that you're really looking at, you know, I think for me, it's probably going to be Javante Williams. I think that you're building right now a team that is going to be set to compete right away. 
And that's part of why I say, you know, I would also consider quarterback. But if you're not going to do it here, that's totally fine. Uh, just wait another, you know, round or two. But uh, I would definitely look to add a couple more. But, uh, yeah, I think that this is going to be, you know, especially I, I always look first at the at the running back position. And I say, you know, is this a team that's going to that's that's the whole key right there is is what are the running backs look like? Because, you know, running back is really kind of a one year proposition. Um, and especially when you get to guys like Kamara, like Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, you know, guys like that. Those are those are really kind of all in pushes, you know, when you when you start getting running backs like that and when you start putting together running back depth because we kind of acknowledge that you're going to have to look again at, at the running back position as soon as the season's over, right? So this is kind of you're 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 kind of saying this is my window. This is where I want to go for it. This is where I want to go get a championship. So what I think that it really kind of takes to win in in you know in year one is a lot of running back depth, and not only that you know I I don't talk uh, uh, nearly enough about this, but running back the running back wave attack you really kind of want you know you you want not only running back depth, but the super flex flywheel calls for a lot of running backs. You know <laughs> the, the majority of your roster is going to be running backs. But you also want guys who are going to kind of hit at different times. The idea is in week one, Alvin Kamara is going to be perfectly healthy. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be perfectly healthy. And, you know, those guys are probably going to kind of carry you. Uh, as, you know, as long as you've got, a, you know, a baseline score from the quarterback position, those running backs can kind of carry you. Well, what happens in week five? What happens in week seven, week eight? week 10, you know, week 13 and beyond. And then when we get to the fantasy playoffs, because you think about the running back position and what their job description is, it's brutal. It's, it's vicious. It's, it's violent and it's just hard on the human body to do what they do week in and week out. And they, you know, they're, they're running into the line. It, every single play that they touch the ball ends in a vicious collision of, of some kind, usually with a player who's bigger than they are, unless they're Derrick Henry. And they're doing it 20, 30 times a game, you know? So it, it kind of stands to reason that guys like Alvin Kamara going to have all the energy, uh, be well-rested, be, be, you know, ready to go for week one. But by week seven, maybe he's kind of slowed down a little bit. Maybe he's even, you know, not available. Maybe he's injured with a, you know, hopefully a smaller injury that only keeps him out a week or two. We almost have to plan on that, though, at the running back position. We almost have to plan on the idea that these guys are going to miss some time every single season. And so we want some running backs who are going to be, you know, they're, they're going to be stepping into that same type of role right around the time that Alvin Kamara is starting to slow down a little bit. We want to get to that next wave of running backs. Well, to me, Javante Williams is a great example of this. I kind of think that Javante Williams, as good as he's looking right now in training camp, I don't think that he's going to be a major factor in week one. And 
you know, normally, uh, like a lot of times, dynasty players, fantasy players will take that as an indictment on him. To me, that's awesome. That's what we want. We need, we want some of those guys. We want some guys who are going to be week one. We want those first wave guys. And then we want some guys who are going to slowly build up their workload. And, you know, around, you know, if, after the first quarter, first third of the season, these guys are going to start to, step in and, and take over a lead role for their own teams. Javante Williams seems like that type of guy to me. I think it kind of starts off as a little bit of a committee. And I think that he slowly starts to pull away. And then somewhere in the, you know, in the middle to, you know, late, late half of the season, you're going to start to see a, you know, a bell cow type of workload for Javante Williams. And, you know, I think that there are a lot of guys like that. Chase Edmonds is another great one. If you already have that first wave really kind of covered, you know, Chase Edmonds, uh, some, you know, Travis Etienne, I think could be another one who kind of takes some time to, to take over that role. Uh, handcuff guys, you know, lots of, lots of those handcuff guys, Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison. Chuba Hubbard is my absolute favorite. To me, he's the best handcuff in the league. Uh, you know, so it, and, and, and it's all just kind of on the off chance that they actually, that those guys actually can get on the field. But you just want the, that kind of the, that wave of players, that wave of running backs. You want that second wave and even start looking for the third wave, the guys late in the season who need an injury or two to take on that type of role. So, you know, that's kind of my approach to running backs. I think that you're well on your way with that group, with that group. Uh, so, you know, really, uh, the, the, the really, really long version here, uh, let's just condense it real quick and just say, I would go Javante Williams, um, to give yourself the, a start on that second wave of running backs, uh, as you go after a championship this year. All right, back to Guillermo in Honduras. <laughs> I love that. I love that this is an international show. Uh, that's uh, that's that's just so cool to me. Uh, what is a legendary quarterback extreme strategy? QBX hashtag QBX. So, yeah, I, I've been kind of teasing this every episode, um, but you know, not really getting into it for those, you know, just, just for those who are already familiar. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bore anyone. I don't want to be redundant, but, uh, for those who aren't familiar, I think this is super important. And, you know, this, this just plays so much into my personal strategy. I mean, this is my personal strategy. And having this, uh, you know, kind of this this frame of reference, I think, is super important. So quarterback extreme is my Superflex dynasty startup strategy. I actually use it in redraft too. come to think of it. But uh, the idea is we want a minimum of five quarterbacks. And so if you go to DynastyLeagueFootball.com, look at our Superflex ADP, you see that the starting NFL quarterbacks really kind of dry up by the 10th round. Maybe they last to the 13th round. Out of a 20-round startup draft, they're gone about halfway through. You know, you, when right around the 10th round, you start getting into the guys like, you know, 
Lockwater, <laughs> True Lock, Teddy Bridgewater, the guys who, you know, where they're both going in the same round because nobody knows who's going to be the starter there. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo kind of goes in that range. Andy Dalton goes in that range. So those bridge guys. So, you know, Tarad Taylor goes in that range just because we don't know what to do with him. But the the guys who are going to be locked in NFL starters for the entire season are typically gone by the 10th round, which means if we want five of them, and by the way, a big part of this is I define a quarterback when we're talking about him in this context, I define a quarterback as an NFL starter. Mitchell Trubisky is not a quarterback anymore. I'm sure that's news to him and it's uh, not going to hit <laughs> quite, quite the way uh, he would like. But the reality is, I mean, the guy ahead of you, had a borderline MVP season and just got a six year, $150 million contract extension. So you're not getting on the field, man. You're not a quarterback. You're keeping the bench from floating away. Sorry. Sorry to tell you. So we're looking for guys who are locked in NFL starters. That's what we're talking about when, when we're talking about quarterbacks. And I want five of those guys. So, it's it's an early and often approach, and the only reason that I do it early, you don't necessarily need elite quarterbacks. There is some truth to the idea that, you know, quarterbacks score similarly on a weekly basis. But we start early just because, it, you know, it's it's not necessarily to get the elite guys. It's just because we want the runway to be able to get those five quarterbacks. and still be able to put together at least a you know some semblance of balance on the rest of our roster so that we've got players at the other positions who can support those quarterbacks. So I start in the first round a typical a, a, a typical QBX draft for me looks like three quarterbacks through the first four rounds. So I've got you know, I've got my first three. Usually what it is is uh, first round quarterback, second round quarterback. Third round is usually going to be my running back one. And I take a little bit of a hero RB approach from there or modified zero, zero RB, whatever you want to call it. Um, but that kind of goes along with, uh, with QBX a little bit. But I, I like to get that first running back right there. And then I'll come back with another quarterback usually and then either a, a running back or a wide receiver um a tight end if there is a tight end premium and then by the 10th round i want that fifth quarterback so you know you're usually going to see one of the elite guys somebody in the neighborhood of you know if if i mean if i'm at 101 i end up with pat mahomes obviously but you know if you're looking more just kind of in the middle like late middle part of the first round is probably I like I end up reaching past Christian McCaffrey. I reach past Alvin Kamara and Dalvin cook and Saquon Barkley and those wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Tyree kill DK Metcalf. I reach past all those guys to make sure that I still get my quarterback because I, I just want to make sure that I get the five that I want. And, uh, you know, so it'll end up being somebody like Trevor Lawrence, like Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, you know, those are kind of some later first round guys and I'll still take them. And it feels like a reach, 
It feels like a reach to take Joe Burrow instead of Christian McCaffrey, but that's what it takes to get to those five without putting myself in a position to make some major reaches later. So, you know, you end up with somebody like Joe Burrow, maybe Ryan Tannehill in the second round. Sometimes Aaron Rodgers is still available in the middle of the second round. Uh, that's my personal favorite. Get that running back one, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, you know, uh, DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, somebody like that, somebody in that range. And then come back with Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, guys like that as my third. Uh, the fourth is usually somewhere in the range of Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold. And then that fifth one is probably going to be a little bit of a, a lotto ticket type of guy. Um, sometimes I'll even take two of them just to complete a, you know, a quarterback situation, a quarterback position for an NFL team. So Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, for instance, that could be my fifth quarterback. The combination of the two kind of creates that fifth one. So uh, something like that. That's that's kind of quarterback extreme. Uh, people often, and I've done it before, I've gone beyond five just because people are letting them fall. People take the, the one quarterback mentality into super flex startups all the time. And so, you know, sometimes you do feel like you have to just take advantage of it. You know, they think that they're, that, you know, that they think that you're just going to stop. They think you're going to stop taking quarterbacks at some point and, you know, and then they're going to be able to just clean them up. Well, here's the thing. We always say the cheapest you'll ever get a quarterback is in a startup draft. And the reason for that is the startup draft is the one time that they're available to everybody. Once a startup is over, they're all on rosters and you don't have, you know, equal opportunity to get that player anymore. So the only way to do it is with a trade. And if I'm the only player, if I'm the only, the only player in the league who has enough quarterbacks to be able to complete a trade, guess what that does to the price of that quarterback, regardless of what the, of, you know, who the quarterback is. I'm making you pay for him. You should have took him in a startup and you didn't. And now you get to pay my price, which is going to be a, basically a blank check. So you can do that. You can take advantage of the value. We know that the value is immense for quarterbacks in, in Superflex Dynasty. Um, but for me, the real reason to do it is to ensure that we've got a quarterback at the Superflex position at all times. Um, that means even through bye weeks, even in the event of injuries, and that we're not, you know, we're not we're not involved in those massive waiver runs where we're throwing a ton of fab at you know Andy Dalton when he becomes the starter for the Dallas Cowboys or you know even later in the season when you know Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley all of a sudden are starting quarterbacks we don't want to have to throw a bunch of fab at those guys we would much rather you know spend a little bit of fab here and there on running backs and wide receivers who are going to help us so you know again quarterbacks are cheapest in the startup so let's get them there uh it's it's about that it's about you know making sure i've got a quarterback at Superflex at all times and then it's also about the ability to play matchups to have options on a weekly basis which just raises your baseline score it raises the the upside of your lineup to be able to bench 
you know, Russell Wilson's got, you know, in, in week 15, Russell Wilson's got the LA Rams best defense in the league, right? We don't want to have to just settle for whatever score he's going to be able to get. He's notoriously bad late in the season. And that's, again, that's the best defense in the league. We don't want to just accept a low score from him. Instead, now we've got options. And we've got Kirk Cousins going up against Detroit. The absolute worst defense in the league. Best matchup possible for a quarterback. Absolutely, absolutely nobody to stop Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So we're going to bench Russell Wilson. We're going to put in Kirk Cousins. And all of a sudden, our baseline score just jumped from, you know, whatever 10 points that you were likely to get from Russell Wilson all the way up to 30, 35, 40 points that you could potentially get from Kirk Cousins. So that's that's the real uh, that's the real reason to do it in my opinion. But um yeah, essentially that's kind of what that's still kind of a condensed version. I could talk forever about quarterback extreme. It's uh it's it's so fun. I'm so passionate about it. But uh, anyways, yeah, that's that's what quarterback extreme looks like. Really appreciate the question, by the way, Guillermo. Um, just uh, I've been looking for four weeks now <laughs> for an opportunity to really lay that out. Bill Scully, what's up, bud? Uh, George Kittle, Darren Waller in the late second or TJ Hawkinson and Kyle Pitts in the early fourth redraft PPR. No tight end premium. Uh, no tight end premium um, kind of uh, kind of kills that one for me. I think I'm going to wait until the fourth uh, for Hawkinson and or Pitts. Uh, Hawkinson or Pitts. Um, Kittle and Waller. I mean, we always do talk about, uh, you know, particularly Travis Kelsey is kind of, that's the only way to, just create the perfect lineup, right? Is with George is with Travis Kelsey, probably George Kittle, maybe even Darren Waller. But if you don't have a premium, I mean, everybody's just really kind of living the same life at tight end, except for the guy who's got Travis Kelsey, the person who has Travis Kelsey, the player that's Travis Kelsey. But it's pretty easy to counterfeit Travis Kelsey's scoring with, a, you know, with a wide receiver, with a running back, and certainly with a, you know, with a top end, uh, with a quarterback in a great matchup. Doesn't have to be top end quarterback, but a, in a premium matchup, uh, you can absolutely, you know, the combination of TJ Hawkinson and then, you know, back to that example of Kirk Cousins against those. Uh, those Detroit Lions, that combination is going to more than make up for the advantage gained by having Travis Kelsey uh, without some kind of premium. So, yeah, let's uh, let's wait on tight end as long as we can. I, I'll be honest with you, Scully. I might even wait a little bit longer. Um, uh, I might even wait beyond the fourth round uh, with uh, with no tight end premium. Hascom 316. <laughs> hey, Kyle Senra. What's up, man? Good to see you. Glad to glad to have you here. Uh, Hascom 316. Uh, great content. Thanks, man. 
Let's see. What do we got? Cook injury. Uh, Cook injury history. Uh, Saquon might not start till week three. I forgot to bring that up at the top. That's pretty big news. That had uh, Twitter buzzing this morning. Um, Alvin Kamara will be affected by the quarterback situation. He was last year, so it stands to reason. Yeah, definitely. Um, who are your top running backs? Saquon is still the is is still the guy to me. And uh, and I get it that you you know the the not having him for the first two weeks of the season is a tough pill to swallow, especially if you're taking him in the, you know, in a, in a super flex league, you're probably taking him in the late first, early second round, something like that. So, you know, I, I, he's, he's still one-on-one to me. I get that, that it doesn't feel great to use that type of draft capital on a guy that you've got to wait a couple weeks for. The thing is to me, you know, like I said earlier, you just think about the 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 job description of the running back position. These guys are all likely to miss some time. Now, it doesn't always happen. Sometimes they're able to stay healthy for the entire season. But the most likely scenario is this, you know, the the job that they're tasked with is going to wear them down to a point where they're going to miss some time. Saquon Barkley just misses it in weeks one and two instead of weeks, you know, seven and eight or whatever. So, I mean, and there's still the potential that you, you know, you, you still get some missed time from him. We always see compensatory injuries uh, coming off of the ACL. There's, there's that as well. Uh, but, you know, to me, he just, it, it's, it's, he's worth the wait. I, you know, I don't, I don't know of a more graceful way to say it. it. He's just, he's, he's just a prototypical running back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's elusive. He's powerful. It's just, I mean, the guy was just built to play running back and running back. <laughs> the running back position was really kind of developed so that Saquon Barkley has a, has a role in the NFL that makes perfect sense for him. So, um, I, you know, I think Christian McCaffrey still is a pretty safe bet. I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I think that we have to take some of that, you know, the, the injury stuff. I think we have to take that with a grain of salt a little bit. Dalvin cook really stayed pretty healthy in, uh, 2020. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, you know, the, a lot of his injuries, by the way, were kind of isolated events. You know, back to those compensatory injuries that we see with the, you know, after coming off of uh, an ACL tear. You know, it was really kind of what essentially happened in uh, 2018 was the torn ACL for Dalvin Cook. 2019, a lot of missed time due to those compensatory injuries. So you're really kind of still saying that's still the ACL injury acting up, essentially, you know. And then, you know, by 2020, fully healed and he plays most of the season, if not all of it, I can't remember exactly, but he was, you know, the, the injuries really didn't affect him all that much. So I, I guess you could look at guys like, you know, Aaron Jones is in a great situation, still relatively healthy. Most of that offense returns Austin Eckler love Austin Eckler's abilities. 
You can look at some of the rookies who, you know, there's less wear and tear on their bodies at this point. Najee Harris coming in, he can take on a huge workload. And uh, he's, you know, he hasn't been taking the type of damage to his body that a lot of these guys have in previous seasons because he hasn't been in the NFL. So uh, Joe Mixon is one that I really like. I know that uh, injury history plays in, but again, I think that we kind of have to take some of that with a grain of salt and just say, you know what, the running back position is a treacherous one. That's kind of all there is to it. So we can't really hold it against these guys when they get hurt because they all do it. It's, it's kind of the nature of the position. So I don't, I don't, can I don't worry too much about the injury history. I think that it can shorten their career expectancy from here. And that's something to consider in dynasty. But the reality is we just see turnover at the running back position every single season for a variety of reasons. You really kind of have to address readdress the running back position every single season as if it's redraft anyways. So Let's just look for the guys that we think can make it, you know, who can help us win this season. And then in 2022, we'll tackle 2022. So, yeah, yeah, for me, those guys are, uh, you know, the, the injury histories don't really compel me all that much, if I'm being honest. Uh, I'm all in on Jalen Hurts in San Francisco, open 24 hours, says. Or in Superflex, sorry, <laughs> not San Francisco. Uh, how do you feel about him this year and for Dynasty? Uh, rumors are Watson to Eagles. Do you think Watson gets traded this year? I do think Watson gets traded. I don't know that it's necessarily to the Eagles. That seems like the most likely scenario at this point. That seems like the only scenario at this point. Um, I love Jalen Hurts' skill set. I, I think he's very underrated as a passer, and then we know what that rushing upside can do. I uh, am fantasy football. So um, I, I would be really bummed to see Deshaun Watson traded to the Eagles, especially if Jalen hurts doesn't go back to Houston in return. I kind of think that he would go on to Houston uh, as part of that deal. That's the good news. I kind of think that you get, you know, you probably get to get Deshaun Watson and, you know, maybe one of those backups, one of their million backup quarterback get get you know jeff driscoll just throw him in so he can help to carry deshaun watson's suitcase or something you know i think that you you could see a, a move like that with jalen hurts coming back to houston it's still not a slam dunk though that J, uh, jalen hurts gets an opportunity to start for the houston texans unfortunately uh, I would love to see it. I think that he's better than Terod Taylor. I think he's better than Davis Mills. Uh, I I just, I, I question whether or not they would be willing to make that type of move this late in the offseason. I would not be surprised to see the Eagles make a move for Deshaun Watson. I I just, from there, I have a hard time envisioning a scenario where Jalen Hurts it, you know, is is a week one starter uh, in the NFL. Unfortunately, I would love to see it. I'm kind of staying away from him for the moment, though, just because of that. Uh, I think he's a hold if you already have him, um, but I don't think that uh, I I I'm not willing to sell even with even at the 
or I'm not willing to buy, sorry, even at the, the discounted value. <laughs> Justin's also drinking for every Josh Allen contract mention. So yeah, you're gonna you're you're gonna get just as drunk. What else we got, Captain? I'm gonna let you do this. John. <laughs> I know. I'm just like undoing everything you're doing. Just trying to do your job for you, trying to get you fired or something. Uh, I'm gonna have to talk to the boss. <laughs> Uh, Monty, I was actually thinking about mentioning to you, he wasn't taking it seriously, but now I get it. Uh, don't like it, but I see your strategy. Um, oh, because he's uh, he's currently in, in our, to the mock, yeah, yeah, in our uh, uh, our August DLF mock drafts. We just started the the mock drafts to formulate the uh, Superflex ADP available at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. So. Um, let's see. Talking international. There's football tonight. CFL. Really? Um, I mean, it, it can't like that. I bet I would, I would much rather sit down and watch a CFL game and, you know, try and understand some of the rules than sit there and watch, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers slam Najee Harris into the line against the Cowboys in Canton, Ohio, you know, 30 freaking times. That that game, and I've actually got it up on the TV right now, the replay of it, and it's just as boring now um, as it was yesterday. So, uh, Kyle. All right, Kyle. Superflex, dude. Superflex, dude. Do you view the dynasty quarterback landscape as a clear top 12? Um, No. No, not really. I don't think so. Um, I mean, I, I guess I would, let's, uh, let me, let me look at the quarterback position, uh, from an ADP standpoint, see what we've got is the current top 12 and see if there's room for anybody else. My guess is that the answer is going to be yes. So we've got Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill. So what is that? Seven, eight, Trey, nine, ten. Trey Lance is up at 11 above Tannehill. Yeah, Trey yeah. Lance, Ryan Tannehill. So the guys that are outside the top 12 include Jalen Hurts, Matthew Stafford, Tua Tungavailoa. Deshaun Watson outside the top 12 already kind of breaks this down for me, you know, uh, Zach Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Kirk cousins. Um, and, and again, I mean, this is just ADP Tom Brady's outside the top 12 and, and there's admittedly a difference between ADP and how we think they're going to finish in terms of fantasy scoring, right? Back to the rant last week about how, you know, there's a difference between ADP and value. I mean, this really kind of illustrates that, uh, you know, Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence ahead of Russell Wilson, uh, that's, that's purely based on career expectancy, right? Trey Lance ahead of Ryan Tannehill, um, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford. I, Matthew Stafford is going to run circles around Trey Lance in 2020 or 2021, you know, it, it's, 
it, it, it's not going to stay that way forever. I mean, probably starting as soon as 2022, Trey Lance is, is the better asset to have. But, you know, it just kind of illustrates the fact that ADP, a, a, a lot more goes into ADP um, than value. In fact, value plays a very small role in it. So, yeah, I mean, but as far as just in terms of ADP, I think that there's there's plenty of room for some of that. You know, I think that, uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but like at some point, Aaron Rodgers, my guy, Aaron Rodgers, at some point he drops out of the top 12. It's going to happen. Um, I, I, it shouldn't happen anytime soon necessarily, but at some point we're going to get there. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, like these are all guys who I don't think it's a slam dunk that they finish his top 12 guys. Lamar Jackson finishes quarterback 11, you know, so we've still got him inside the top five just based on upside. So I think that, yeah, it's, it's, especially once you get outside of the top five or six, I think it gets very fluid. I think there's a lot of room. And I think that there are going to be some guys who surprise us. I mean, Tua Tungavailoa, that's one of my favorites this season. Uh, Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones, actually. That's that's kind of a our, our version of a sleeper with that sixth-round ADP. I think Daniel Jones has a the potential to sneak into the top 12 of quarterback finishes. And I think that there's going to be room for him. So we see guys like that all the time, you know, sneak into the top 12. So, uh, yeah, I think that there's going to be room in that bottom six, you know, in, in basically seven through 12. I think that there's room there. Let's see. How'd I do? Lamar says, I traded Nick Chubb in a second for Najee Harris. Uh, I would like to see the second on the other side. Um, I think that Nick Chubb should have more value than Najee Harris. Um, and you should have a a plus on, uh, on the Najee Harris side than the Nick Chubb side. But... Um, that being said, I mean it. If it, I mean if you're a Steelers fan, if you're a Najee Harris believer, if you're an Alabama fan, you know whatever it is, I think that it makes perfect sense to, um, you know, to to pay up a, just a little bit. A second round pick isn't a huge amount. It's not a, a gross overpay, you know, regardless of which side that ends up on. Uh, it's not a huge, you know, huge tax to have to pay. Uh, so if that's your guy. Love it. I, I'm like I said earlier, go all in, go all in on your best ideas, go all in on your, your best strategies. If Najee Harris is your guy, if you've got that gut feeling that Najee Harris is going to be, you know, he, that he's got top five type of upside this, this season. And you don't think Nick Chubb does, you know, I, then I think that it's a perfectly acceptable price to pay. Those guys are only one spot off in the ADP and DLF rankings for reference. Is that right? Wow. Yep. Okay. Nick Nick Chubb is RB7 and Najee Harris is RB8. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that makes it that much better for you. But, um, I mean, I do think that when we're talking about those top, you know, couple tiers of, of 
uh, I mean, any position, honestly, but especially at running back and especially at quarterback. Um, you know, going from one to the next, even if it is just that one spot move, I think that it should probably take more than a second, um, you know, to, to, to really just to kind of break up the inertia and motivate people to make a move, you know, like for me, if I, if I was offered, uh, you know, even if the second was on the other side and, you know, I've got, I've got Nick Chubb and I'm offered Najee Harris in a second, you know, if I don't have strong feelings either way, a second round pick just isn't enough to motivate me to do anything, you know, to make a move. So, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, if you were able to get your guy, uh, without, you know, giving up kind of that, that agitator type of draft (laughs) value to do it, you know, I think it's a, it's a good move. Uh, Guillermo, Ryan Fitzpatrick, or, or uh, 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 Hineke. Why did I just forget his first name? Taylor. Taylor. Taylor Hineke. <laughs> We've been kind of talking a lot about those guys on Twitter uh, the last couple days. Um, I mean, I think the real answer is you want them both. Uh, to me, if you have to choose between them, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that he's the, the guy who gets the start. Um, you know, shout out to my friend Swags, uh, at Swagzilla zero G, but you know, because he was, he was talking about, you know, the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick has played an entire 16 game season three times in his 16 year career. And, you know, so that we can't really expect for that to happen again, um, you know, for him to play the entire season. Now, I think that there's some context there. The last couple stops, he's been, you know, kind of a bridge type of guy. Last year it was, uh, it was Tua, you know, and the year before the, and, you know, prior to that, it was what Jameis Winston and like, he's had, he's, he's kind of been in that situation where you know that he's going to come off the field. Like that's kind of his role is to just kind of hold it down. And he does it well, um, particularly for fantasy purposes. It doesn't always translate to NFL wins. And that that might be the damning part for him. But anyways, you know, especially when you've got the number three pick in the NFL draft waiting behind you to take over, you know, you know that he's not going to play the entire season. That's why he's there is to not play the entire season. He's there just to play until... Tua is ready to start, right? So I, I I don't know that it's necessarily fair to say that that you know he he was unable to finish the season. I I know that he dealt with some injuries, but I mean it was really about you know just just hold this down, keep us moving forward until you know until we're ready to move on to Tua. So. Um, that's kind of why he ended up missing some time in, in 2020. And that's just kind of one example of many. So yeah, I, I think that this is a different situation. I don't think you necessarily have to get t- Taylor Hineke onto the football field. I, I think that they saw some pretty intriguing stuff at the end of 2020. Uh, I think, you know, they would probably like to get a better look 
uh, before they make a decision on how they want to approach the 2022 offseason. But I don't think that they have to. I think they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick with the idea that, you know, he he's he's a veteran player who can, you know, really kind of manage this team, who can drag us to some wins when we need him. And, you know, we've got the roster here to compete. So he keeps us competitive. And if he doesn't, then we bring in Taylor Hineke to take a look at him. But I don't think you necessarily have to. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is winning games, I think that you're going to see Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, up until it stops making sense for Ryan Fitzpatrick to be on the field instead of Taylor Hineke. But that point doesn't necessarily have to come. So, yeah, I would go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a week one guy, and he's going to have all the leash in the world. Uh, it's it's really going to come down to can he keep us competitive in this division? And as long as he's doing that, he's going to be the one on the field. Mike Washington, Superflex startup, 12 team. First pick, who you got? Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, or Kyler Murray? So it's funny, I've got uh, those three are my top four, I believe. I just did a rankings update today. We could totally talk about that later. Um, but anyways, I, so for me, Pat Mahomes um, is is the easy 101. Uh, I kind of talked about this last week, but uh, I don't remember how far I went into it. So I'll just rehash it just, just because. So I, I was kind of looking at... Uh, points per game, um, points scored, how these guys, how the quarterbacks actually scored. Uh, because I feel like the average points per game, I think that we misuse that a little bit. Uh, we don't look enough at um, how often did they actually hit that number or how often were they at least close to that number, if not above that number. We don't look at that quite enough. And so I was looking more at like what's a good quarterback number for each compartmentalized week rather than what did this guy do on average? Because Baker Mayfield had, he averaged 13 points per game, almost 14 points per game. How often was he actually around 14 points? I mean, it was like he had a couple monster games late in the season. And beyond that, like a bunch of duds, like way more duds than, you know, those stud games. And so I kind of, I was kind of looking at that and I was, I was wondering too, you know, what type of score do we need in order to keep us competitive, you know, in a, in a, in a given week, essentially. So what I basically did is I looked at what was the average score of a starting NFL quarterback, uh, for, for, for the season, for the 2020 season. And it came out to about 17 points a game. And then I looked individually, each each individual week, what was the average score of a quarterback this week? So what did it take to be an average quarterback uh, in week five, in week eight, in week 13? What did it take to do that? The only guy who was consistently at or above average every single week, well, except for one, It was Pat Mahomes. I mean, he's just so consistent. It's not always, you're not always getting 40 point games. People think that you're getting just monster games from him all the time. 
it really doesn't happen that often. But what he does do is he keeps you somewhere in the neighborhood of 18 points to 20, you know, to 25 points almost every single week. There's only one week where he didn't do it. It was against my Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs beat him 43 to 10, I believe. Uh, there was a, a kick return for a touchdown, a long run by Clyde Edwards Alaire, and a uh, interception return for a touchdown. Any one of those three touchdowns goes to Pat Mahomes and he makes his week. We got 15 out of 15 weeks from Pat Mahomes. Like that, it's just elite level, uh, you know, uh, consistency. It's, it's, it's just so bankable that he's going to be one of the top, you know, 16 quarterbacks every single week. So, and, and generally he's going to be in the top 12 for you as well. So like, so he's really the one guy that you never bench, you know, back to quarterback extreme where we're trying to play matchups. We're trying to, to cherry pick matchups, uh, at the quarterback position. And we want to get comfortable with the idea that sometimes sometimes you bench Kyler Murray because he's got a bad matchup. Sometimes you bench Josh Allen in a bad matchup. You know, sometimes you bench Aaron Rodgers as much as it feels like blasphemy for me to say that. But, you know, it's it sometimes you do it because they're in a bad matchup and you don't want to accept, you know, a below average score from them. And Pat Mahomes is the one guy who who doesn't ever put you in that situation. Pat Mahomes is the one guy that you just lock him in. He changes the numbers on quarterback extreme. Where I want five quarterbacks so I can make those weekly decisions at both the quarterback and the super flex position. If I've got Pat Mahomes, I only need three more quarterbacks because those three quarterbacks are going to be, I'm, I'm trying to choose between those three at the super flex position every week. Whereas, you know, if, if I don't have Pat Mahomes, then, you know, both positions are up for grabs, both quarterback and super flex with Pat Mahomes, you put him in at quarterback one, and then you just try and figure out super flex week to week. So yeah, he's, he's just, he's, I've got him ranked uh, first overall, I've got him ranked as quarterback one. I've got him ranked first overall. And not only that, I put him in a tier all by himself at the very top of the player pool. Um, and then from there, it goes Kyler Murray, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen for me is how I have it ranked. But yeah, Pat Mahomes is just on an island, man. If you've got a chance to get Pat Mahomes, I think you'd do it. You still have Aaron Rodgers that high in dynasty. <laughs> Third overall, the most Bro. likely outcome. <laughs> the most. Li- Listen, man. Li- All right, AJ. Here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers has been the the quarterback one overall four times in his career. No one else has done that. But he's also been one of the. He's also been quarterback two overall three times in his career. If, of of all his seasons where he played the entire season healthy, he's never been outside the top 12. He's been a quarterback one all, uh, what was that, 11 times in his 16-year career when he's, when he's able to stay completely healthy. And more times than not, he's one of the top two fantasy quarterbacks. He's, he's the, the consistency 
on a where where we're talking about consistency for Pat Mahomes on a weekly basis, the consistency of Aaron Rodgers on a season by season basis is unlike anything we've ever seen. It's unlike anything we've ever seen. I <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't wait. The, 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 he beat me to it. The two of you need you, you guys. You know what? Get a room. It was just <laughs> like you were just waiting for somebody to say it. Say yeah. Point out how old he is, and Justin Sullivan's right there for you. I'm I'm so happy for you guys. But he, I, I at, at what I had point to hear, at I, what point does the age and retirement and unhappiness factor in though? Because he does have the track record. He is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. At what point is he's 10 years older than everybody else going to affect it? Because Brady has also yeah. competed at the high level and yeah. his age tanked roughly not too long after where Aaron Rodgers is age wise now. I mean, sure. he's proving everybody wrong. He's a high end QB two, yeah, low end QB one at times. But where do you gauge that? Yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, it's a, it's a great point. What I do think, what I would say is I think that Tom Brady is proof that we worry too much about age it, with quarterbacks. That's, that's the funny part to me. We worry about it with the quarterback position, but not the running back position. You know, nobody's knocking down Alvin Kamara. Nobody's knocking down Dalvin Cook. They're, you know, going into their fifth season. Derrick Henry going into a sixth season. Zeke Elliott going into his sixth season. Nobody's saying... Man, that's a lot of time at the running back position. They've put in a lot of time. They've taken a lot of damage to their body. They've gotten a lot of usage. You know, at what point do they hit that cliff? At what point do they turn into Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell? You know, it, like at what point does that happen where they just kind of fade away? And the reality is, I mean, they're there. They're right there at the edge, you know. It's a it's a one year proposition with these running backs. Maybe they give you another year, but you can't just assume that. We can't assume that these guys are you know that they're still going to be just as fantasy relevant 5 years in as they were, you know, as rookies as second year running backs. But we never talk about that. We never talk about it with the running back position. Because we, I mean, I think that we do just kind of accept that it's a one-year proposition at running back, you know, and every year that you got you get from that guy on top of it is bonus. We don't really talk about that. Um, we just kind of, it's just kind of implied. But I think that we should be approaching the quarterback position the exact same way. I really do. I think that we should be looking at these guys and saying, you know, if if I get if I get another top two season from from Aaron Rodgers in 2021 and then he retires, that's still valuable because that top two season helped me win that championship within my three-year window. You know, I, I went and got my championship and then I lost the quarterback and now I've got to go draft one. I've got to rebuild just the same way I do at running back, you know, but I, in the meantime, he was getting me over 20 points a game and helped me get that championship. So I, 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 think that we just need to take that approach to the quarterback position as well. Um, but I mean, I, like I also fully admit my bias, Aaron Rodgers is just so awesome. He is, he is. <laughs> Did you see him throw that, throw, hit that net 
for, like 40, 50 yards in like the air. Was, nothing like it was that. nothing. Like it was nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. Steph Curry hitting the, the half court <laughs> shot. Let's uh, just like took off his helmet and, and made a bow. And I don't know who he pointed at, but I'm guessing it was Brian Gutenkust. Bask in my greatness. <laughs> yeah. Did you see, hey, did you see that? Or Jordan Love. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Take note. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck making that throw next year, kid. Well, so we got Lamar. Lamar asks uh, Eckler plus what equals Clyde Edwards Alaire would be fair. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of back to it's it's roughly the same thing, I believe. Let me look at ADP, but you know, I think it's kind of the same type of situation as with uh, uh, Nick Chubb. Who are we? Just, oh, and Najee Harris. You know, um, very close in ADP. So Austin Eckler going uh, four hundred five, and Clyde Edwards Alaire going at five hundred one. So you know, a difference of about half a round. And, you know, that's close. I mean, I think that they're probably there. I think that it's, it's kind of, you know, tier three for Austin Eckler and tier four for Clyde Edwards Alaire. Uh, I think that, you know, if I was trying to get, uh, if I was trying to get Clyde Edwards Alaire, I would probably try and do it for that second round pick again. Um, you know, I, I try try for that minimal, uh, you know, upgrade tax essentially. But I think if I was going to sell Austin Eckler, um, oh, and actually, I, I've got this whole thing backwards. By the way, I think the plus should be on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think that it takes and and ADP kind of pans that out as well. Uh, I think it's Clyde Edwards Alaire plus for Austin Eckler. Um so yeah, I don't I don't think that you should have to add to Austin Eckler to get to Clyde Edwards Alaire. Um, but you know, it, just just hypothetically, if you know, if we are gonna add to either side of it, I think that I would try and do it minimally, you know, second round pick, something like that, maybe a a bench player with some upside, especially if you've got if you've got depth at wide receiver, I hate, I hate wide receiver depth. So if you can offload a, a, a high upside wide receiver to clear a little bit of bench space and get back the running back that you want, that's a great move right there. Um, but again, you know, back to the original point, I kind of think that you probably are going to need, you know, first round type of rookie value, specifically a first round rookie pick. Uh, to really just kind of, um, you know, ju- just just to kick things up and and get things moving on a deal like that. Otherwise, there's kind of no reason, you know, to make a essentially a lateral move from Austin Eckler to to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, or you know, vice versa. There's kind of no reason to to you know for just a second round pick. There's kind of no reason to make a move from one to the other uh, if we are acknowledging that it's a lateral move. Those two guys are only three points off in the trade analyzer on DLF. Is that right? What's, yep. So the cool thing is with this analyzer at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, the trade analyzer, uh, it also gives you recommendations of how to close that gap. How do they How do they recommend doing it? It calls it a fair trade. 
straight up. The oh. only trade involving both guys recently mm-hmm. it was Austin Eckler and Chris Godwin was sent for Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Tyler Lockett. Oh, okay. So again, I mean, I think that, so yeah, it's kind of the difference between Godwin and Lockett, which probably oh, second rounder. I like that Eckler side still. Yeah. Yeah. Me yeah. too. I, I think that you win that one twice personally. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, it sounds like it's, it's super close on the analyzer, just like it is uh, on ADP uh, actually closer on the analyzer than on ADP. Uh, open 24 hours, JK Dobbins or Antonio Gibson in a 10 team half point or half PPR super flex league. Uh, that I, I think that that half PPR is going to be just enough to make the difference for me to where I'm going to go with JK Dobbins, uh, for the, the rushing volume. Um, the, uh, the, the pass catching of, of Antonio Gibson is very appealing in a full PPR, it doesn't make a huge difference in his scoring, but you know, losing that half a point, I think, is enough to. I we're really kind of splitting hairs uh, again. You know, this is this is kind of the same as Eckler, Ceh, and you know, Chubb, Harris. It's kind of the same the same thing. You're talking about two guys who are very close in ADP, uh, very close in value, so. You know, we're we're really kind of splitting hairs, and the question becomes: How do you do that? How do you, how do you, uh, how do you differentiate those two? And I think that you know that half point that you lose uh, in half PPR as opposed to full PPR is going to be just enough for me to take J.K. Dobbins. Zane. He's uh Zane's in two of the uh ADP mocks right now. So he's he's got a lot of pull uh in setting up this ADP. He's uh he's out there making all kinds of picks. Is he on the um, clock? Oh, he might. I, I, I'm probably on the <laughs> clock. <laughs> I'm I'm always I don't get notifications and uh I it always happens that when I'm trying to podcast or trying to do a live stream, I end up going on the clock and everyone's like, Hey, come on, make your pick. Uh, all right. Zane, uh, says quarterback battles this year, new Orleans, Denver, new England. Uh, who's the better option for fantasy football in 2021? Uh, I kind of think that new Orleans probably is, is the situation you want. Like if you can get both guys from any one of those situations, I think I want new Orleans. I think, and, and I mean, this is all predicated on, uh, this is something that we were talking about on Twitter today as well. But the idea that, uh, also mentioned this last week when, you know, we got that news about Michael Thomas uh, with the injury, um, going to miss, you know, the majority of the season, it sounds like. All of a sudden, to me, Taysom Hill makes the most sense to be the starting quarterback where I was absolutely convinced it was going to be Jameis Winston. You know, I, I put it at about a 95% probability that it was going to be Jameis Winston. The second that we found out that Michael Thomas is going to miss most of the season with that injury, it dropped to about a 65% chance, you know, 65% probability that Jameis Winston is a starting quarterback for the new Orleans saints. 
And I don't, to me, if I was Sean Payton and I, <laughs> I, there's, there's a reason that he's making the money that he is. And I'm, you know, just hanging out in my basement on a Friday night, talking super flex with my super friends. But if it was me, if I was Sean Payton, I would, I would have done a complete 180 right in that, at that moment. I would have said Taysom Hill is the guy who covers up the blemish that we've got in this wide receiving core. The playmaking abilities of Taysom Hill makes it easier for us to move the ball in a variety of ways. You know, Jameis Winston, as athletic as he is, he's still more of a conventional pocket passer. Conventional isn't a word that we normally use with Jameis Winston. <laughs> um, 30 interceptions is is far from conventional. But uh, in terms of just kind of standing in the pocket, throwing the ball, you know, he, he is accurate. He's got a strong arm. He just makes bad de- decisions. But he's he's more of a pocket passer. And if you don't have weapons for him to throw to, you don't want a guy just kind of standing in the pocket. You want the mobility. You want the playmaking ability of Taysom Hill. That's going to set up, you know, it's going to set up the pass a lot better um, when you do have to respect and honor the fact that he can take off and run. He can extend a play or he can just take off and, and gain positive yardage. So to me, the right call here should be Taysom Hill starts until they get that wide receiver core f- fixed, maybe even get Michael Thomas back healthy, then you switch to Jameis Winston. Start with Taysom Hill, then switch to Jameis Winston. I don't know that they're going to do it that way, but that makes the most sense. And for that reason, I think I would I would go with those two just because I think that you get uh, the most upside from the quarterback position based on you know, who's, who's starting and why that guy is starting. Uh, I do think that, that Locke and Bridgewater, I think that that really is a pretty good, uh, for fantasy purposes. I think that's a good situation. Um, but I mean, you know, great weapons everywhere. Those guys though, they're really going to kind of be asked to, to, to manage the game. Uh, they've got the defense to, to be competitive, um, that's one of the top three defenses in the league. I I know that I'm biased, Bronco fan over here. Uh, I get that, but I I if, if you've got one of those leagues that still uses uh you still uses the team defense, the DST position, the Denver Broncos. I think you're going to want them. Uh, but anyways, you know I I I think that they're going to try and win a lot of games with defense. I think that they're really kind of only asking for, you know, about 24 points a game from the offense. And I think that, you know, from there, I think that the defense is just going to be able to take it over against most teams. So, you know, I think that it's the upside is really kind of limited for those uh, for those two quarterbacks. So and then New England, New England is a really hard one for me just because. To me, there's no good segue from one to the other. You know what I mean? They've they're so different. Those two quarterbacks are so different that when if you were to switch from one to the other, you're almost asking your entire offense to learn a whole new system. You know, you go from that run heavy 
approach with Cam Newton. Um, you know, the, the high percentage passing and, and the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the shorter passing, the low a dot essentially. I think you, you see a lot of that from Cam Newton and then, you know, lots of taking off and running the offensive line never knows where the hell he's going to be wide receivers. You know, you, you, when you have to break off your route and just kind of try and help get your quarterback out of trouble. I mean, they're going to be doing a lot of that. There's not going to be a whole lot of timing patterns because you run the route that was designed for you. And then you turn and look and Cam Newton's off and running and you've got to, you've got to try and shift, you know, to his, uh, to his side of the field, try and get open for him to have a safety valve. So you you go from that to the, the, the pocket presence of Mac Jones. It's just two totally different systems. And I don't think that it makes a whole lot of sense to go from one to the other. I think you you commit to one guy for the entire season, either way, whether it's Cam Newton or Mac Jones. I think that you really kind of commit to that guy for the entire season. Uh, that's what makes the most sense. But I, again, that's kind of the key word, the key term here, the key phrase is that makes the most sense. Is that what always happens? No. Um, I'm kind of going off of probability, I guess. I'm kind of saying this is what, again, you know, just logically, this is what makes sense to me. Is that what they're going to do? Probably not. But uh, I I just, maybe I've got a, a little more, a little too much faith in uh, in these NFL coaches still. Uh, Zane says, when do you think Trey Lance... Uh, Justin Fields and Mac Jones become starters in 2021. Any of them have to wait until 2022. I think Mac Jones is the most likely to wait until 2022. Uh, like I said, I if if he doesn't win the job outright, I don't think that we see him until the very end of 2021 and uh, possibly in, in, in into 2022. Uh, you know, kind of a Pat Mahomes type of scenario. Uh, Trey Lance, I think, has the best chance to win the job from day one, uh, especially the reports that we're hearing in training camp right now. I mean, he's just lighting it up. I don't know how John, how uh, Jimmy Garoppolo competes with that. Um, Justin Fields is is probably the the least likely to start from uh, from day one but I still think you're going to see him on the field fairly early in the season. Um, I would put the over under it about seven weeks. And I think I might still bet the under <laughs> to be honest with you. I think you're going to see Justin Fields, you know, before the midpoint of the season. What else we got captain? Is that it? Do we, That's do we it just right now? Do we knock them all out? I know Justin Sullivan was uh, was doing some trash talking on me earlier, but is that? Uh, I think you talked know? about Josh Allen's contract too much. He might be taking a nap. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he asked. All right, here, here we go. Be honest. How many times a week do you have to explain that the five quarterback head count in QBX doesn't mean you take five straight quarterbacks in your startup? Yeah, like that's all I do, honestly. You know, I need to get tattooed on my forehead. Just, just, yeah. QBX does not mean five straight quarterbacks. 
it does not mean five straight quarters. I do. I, I, I just need to, I need to like get it on a recorder and just like play it on a loop, you know, um, just, just kind of walking around and just, just, just have it playing around me. Just, just so everybody knows. Cause it's, yeah, it, it gets super frustrating, man. Uh, people, people still assign that to me, even after I, t- I tell them otherwise, you know, even after I tell them, yeah, it's not five straight. It's five total through, you know, 10 rounds essentially. But no, I would never go five straight quarterbacks at any point. It, it, I mean, you just, the rest of your roster suffers way too much. So, uh, yeah, I end up, I end up <laughs> explaining that all the time. That's, that's for damn sure. All right. I thought he was trash talking me, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, he was actually setting me up there. He's teeing that up for me. I appreciate that. What are you doing with some of these older guys? Like, you know, Brady is going to be valuable to contenders. Yeah. And so if you're a middle of the road team and you've got a a room with Rogers, Allen, Russell Wilson, and Brady, you know, say that's your quarterback room. What do you, where do you look to capitalize? Do you try and sell off one of the younger guys and get more for it and ride Brady into the sunset? Or what do you think you get for Brady these days? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I'll uh, so I'll start with to me the just kind of the the whole premise in Superflex. A starting NFL quarterback should be worth a second round or with worth a first round rookie pick. And the idea being, I mean, you even think about this year, deep rookie class, right? You've got Mac Jones is kind of the last of the five quarterbacks going in the first round who are, you know, likely NFL starters. He's still going, you know, towards the end of the first round. So by the, by one twelve, Mac Jones is off the board and now you have no way of replacing a starting quarterback uh, with a first round pick, you know, with, with pick one twelve, anyways. So like, it starts with that. It starts with the idea that, you know, one twelve. I would I would trade away one twelve to get Ryan Fitzpatrick. I would trade away one twelve to get uh, whoever wins the job between you know Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, because I'm not going to be able to use that pick to replace them. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, just right off the top, I think they're worth a first, and then from there, you know, I I think that. Honestly, Brady is safer than Mac Jones. He's safer than Zach Wilson. Uh, those guys should be fine. They should have long careers. But in all honesty, I mean, we it sounds like we're getting another year or two from Brady. Uh, he He's planning on two more this season and next season. Can you guarantee me that any of those rookie quarterbacks are going to give us two seasons? I mean, they should. But will they necessarily? Nah, it's possible for them to bust out. So for for every Josh Allen, there's a Josh Rosen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. In fact, the probability says because that happens. That happens every season. You know, we we have some first round guys who who are awesome, and we have some first round guys who bust. The probability says that at least two of these rookie quarterbacks are going to bust, unfortunately. 
Um, I, I don't particularly want to guess at who they're going to be anymore because I feel I, I, I like all of them. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Mac Jones, but I think he, I, I, I think he's in a, a system that's not going to be uh, not going to let him fail. So, but yeah, probability says one of those guys is going to bust. You're kind of better off trading one of those mid, you know, mid first round picks instead of spending it on Zach Wilson or Zach or Mac Jones. You're really kind of better off spending that pick, trading that pick for Tom Brady. That's I know that's not going to sit well with people. It, it you just you're getting a more solid return with Tom Brady than you are making that pick. So, you know, I, I think that that would be my asking price. Um, what I will say is I, I think that uh, here in August, it's really hard to know if we're going to be contenders or not. So I, I really try and get people to shy away from, you know, committing right now to a rebuild type of season or, you know, calling themselves a contender and going all in, you know. Um, we see it all the time where, I mean, last year, if you had done an auction, you did a startup auction and you're, you know, you ended up spending 50% of your budget and you got Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Everybody was going into the season saying, he's going to run the table. Like that combination of running backs is unfreaking beatable, right? And then you, you lose Saquon Barkley early in the season. You had Christian McCaffrey for, what, four or five games throughout the season. And the rest of it, you probably got your ass kicked, you know, pretty consistently. So we just, we never know. So, uh, I, I would be, I would be very hesitant to, to sell Tom Brady unless I can get, you know, that like early mid first round type of rookie value kind of regardless of what my team audit, you know, what that shows. Uh, I, I, I would be, if I feel like I've got running back depth, if I feel like I've got you know, locked in starters at wide receiver. If I feel like I've got premiums covered, if there's a tight end premium and I've got, you know, a, a somebody with a top five type upside and I've got some quarterback depth, even if they're not all a bunch of stud guys, even if it's not a sexy roster, if I've got the right mix, I'm sticking with it. I'm holding on to Brady and I'm making a run at it just in case, you know? So, um, yeah, it, it really kind of depends on uh, on the roster build. Um, and then from there, it depends on the offer. If it's if I can get that type of value for Tom Brady, and it's going to be hard to do, but if I can get that type of value for Tom Brady, I would do it. Right on. Uh, Guillermo said, am I all right with Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, Matthew Stafford, and Taylor Hineke? in my dynasty league. Uh, mostly. Yeah. I think that if you were to trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick, just to lock up that football team, uh, quarterback position, um, you know, so you've got Fitzpatrick to start. And then if he comes off the field for Hineke, 
you still have the starter for that team. You know, with those four guys, and and that's just that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's not a sexy group, but it's the numbers. The probability says that most weeks you're going to have somebody in a good matchup. One of those four guys is going to be in a good matchup most weeks. And another one of the four should be in a decent matchup. So that's where four is just a little light for me uh, for quarterback extreme. I still want that fifth one just to help it, you know, so I still have that probability even during bye weeks but uh, yeah, I, I, even with four, you're going, first of all, you're going to have a quarterback at super flex all time at all times. That's a prerequisite to compete uh, to contend. And then from there, yeah, I mean, you're more times than not, you're going to have most weeks, you're going to have at least one quarterback in a great matchup who's going to, uh, you know, raise the upside of your lineup. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be studs. Like I said, I, I start early just because that's what it takes to get to that number without just going heavy at quarterback at any point. Um, it's not about getting the elite guys because the, these guys, this list of guys here, Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, Matthew Stafford, and then the starting quarterback for a Washington football team, that can win a championship. You know, with the right management, you can absolutely win a championship with that group of guys. You don't have to have Pat Mahomes and Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. You don't have to have those guys. You just have to have quarterbacks and good matchups at the right times. That's all it really takes. That feels you know, like a good place to uh, go ahead, man. Uh, it was, it's nothing important. <laughs> I was just saying, I feel like with the Washington football team, I keep hearing you say it this episode and uh, <laughs> I feel like we really had a missed opportunity because the Washington monuments would have been epic. Oh man. Yeah. But then what happens when, <laughs> uh, now they've got to change their name again when it uh, becomes too phallic. Right, <laughs> <laughs> man, that's that's a little bit too uh, too aggressively testosterone charged. <laughs> um, Touche, especially when when you put that on the side of their helmets. Eesh. Oh, could you imagine the helmet logos for that? <laughs> yeah, goodness, <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> You'd almost have to make it into a. Yeah, anyways, uh, <laughs> trying to keep this one PG, Captain. <laughs> Take it away, John. <laughs> uh, definitely a good time to wrap it up. I think that we uh, we probably had <laughs> much better, uh, much better cutoff point before that one. But uh, yeah, we uh, is what it is. That's Sorry. what happens when you go live. <laughs> that's what happens when you go live, and that's what happens when you've got. The Captain Redbeard. Uh, wild card. Is a producer of the wild card, yes. <laughs> Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your questions. Really appreciate it. Uh, we'll do it again next week, obviously. Uh, every Friday night is Super Flex Super Friday. Uh, I'm going to do... Uh, I want to do my normal sign-off here. Uh, for the Superflex Super Show. Because like I said, I want this to be... I'm going to put this on the uh, Superflex Super Show podcast feed as well. Um, just so everybody listening to the podcast who has not, who did not tune into the show, 
uh, knows what they're missing, and you can come join us next week in the conversation among super friends on a super flexy, super flex, super Friday night. So let's wrap it up there. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts mega feed. Subscribe to this DLF YouTube channel so you never miss the reminders to to tune in to the live shows. Uh, do what do do us a huge favor if you would uh, rate and review the Superflex Super Show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Helps us to get out to more people and touch on more topics that are useful to you, our super friends. And even better, come join us live here on the YouTube channel every Friday night. Uh, that's where we can really touch on the topics that are useful to you, our super friends. Uh, get at us on Twitter. Uh, just just get to me individually. At SuperFlexDude on Twitter. Uh, AJ is at Captain... At CAPT Redbeard... What is it, 86? CPT Redbeard 57. There you go. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Someday, I have we no the- idea how. Someday I'll get that memorized for you. Uh, I'll, I'll work on it. Um, yeah, get to us individually. Always happy to, uh, you know, answer mentions or DMs, um, discuss Superflex strategy, you know, trades, retreat, retweet trade polls, whatever you got. Always happy to talk Superflex uh, in, uh, you know, whatever forum we've got. This episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Catullus. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Tell me it